Welcome to a Better Covenant podcast, an arm of the teaching ministry of Dr. Felix Idolo. We pray that this message will bless you and lift you up as Dr. Felix Idolo brings you deeper insights into God's covenant with us. And now, here is Dr. Felix Idolo. Praise God. So we'll continue with our series, Bringing Order Out of Chaos. And this is under the um, series that we've been doing on um, taking control of your life using the power of God's wisdom. And uh, we've looked at uh, how God set the example for us in Genesis chapter 1. In the face of chaos, we see that God called forth his wisdom, which is light. God's wisdom and light. His light are the same thing. And then we've been looking at this scripture, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 32. And uh, I want us to look at that scripture again, Proverbs chapter 8, verse, verse 23, not verse 32, sorry. It says, I have been established from everlasting from the beginning before there was ever an earth. Now the old King James Version says, I was set up from everlasting. And I want us to look at this word, I was set up from everlasting and see what get see what how much we can glean from that word. The, the Hebrew word set up there is uh, is the Hebrew word uh, nasak. That word means to be poured out. And that word is used in connection with the anointing in many portions of the scripture. So when God said, light be, when God declared light be, he released the force of wisdom. But the Bible tells us here, the Bible uses the word poured out. So that gives us more insight into what actually happened over there in Genesis chapter 1, when God said, light be. It was as as uh, wisdom was poured forth, or, or the Hebrew word also means to gush, to gush out, or to gush forth. So it's as liquid light gushing out as very out of the very being and the, the the person of God, as if liquid light came out of Him, and out of that liquid light uh, gushing out and gushing forth and pouring out as a mighty river, the 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 creation came into being. So it says, light be, and light was. And we see the word being used here in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 23, the word gushed forth, or poured forth, being used in connection with that, that event. So it says that wisdom was poured forth, or gushed out in the beginning. So it was as liquid light, released from God, and out of that liquid light, um, creation came into being. So he says, I was poured out or I was poured forth from everlasting before the earth was. Now, so we see that the, 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 the wisdom of God is being connected here with the word that is used in connection with the anointing. That is the, the word, the Hebrew word nasak, which is to pour out, to pour forth. Uh, she will pour out the anointing upon. When you're anointing a king in Israel, they they took a jar of anointing oil and poured it out on the king. 
And that's the Hebrew word that's used there. And now we see that word being used in connection with the phrase when God said, light be, it's as if the wisdom of God, the light of God was poured forth out of the being and the person of God. And out of that, creation began to manifest. So we see the connection there between the anointing and the wisdom of God. And that's the reason why I said that the anointing and the wisdom of God, they go together. You can't operate in God's anointing without operating in his wisdom. To try to operate in the power of God without to try to operate in the, the, the anointing of God apart from his wisdom is to invite, uh, open the door for all kinds of deception to operate in your life. And, and if you want to find out if something, if the, the power in the place is the, is the wisdom, of, is the, the power in the place is God in operation, just check out if the wisdom of God is in operation in that place. If, if the power that is operating there is operating apart from God's wisdom, I can tell you certainly that that's not the power of God in manifestation. God's power always operates together with his wisdom. And so it says from everlasting uh, before Creation came into being. God spoke light into manifestation. And that light was his anointing released. It went with that anointing. The power of God released. And out of that, creation came into being. And uh, the Bible tells us how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Now, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. But then you have to understand that Jesus is not just operating that power without the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God operated together with that power for you to see the works of that power in operation in, in, the, in the ministry of Jesus Christ. And so to operate in the wisdom of God, to operate in the wisdom of God is to operate in his power. And that's the reason why over and over again, God calls us to embrace his wisdom. Because by embracing his wisdom, we embrace his power to accomplish whatever he wants to accomplish in our lives. You see, we can't operate in the power of God without the wisdom of God. It's not possible. It's the power of God that makes it safe. For the It is the wisdom of God, sorry, that makes it safe for the power of God to operate in the lives of men. Otherwise, that power is just too much. It's just too great. I want you to see in Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Let's look at that scripture there. Ephesians 3, verse 20 says, Unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. I want to read that uh, scripture again. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power or the anointing that works in us. You see, the power of God is able to do exceedingly. The power or the anointing of God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And that power is so great. Is so That is the power that brought the universe into being. That's the power that brought creation into being. We talk about electricity in the natural, but did you know that that's the power that brought electricity into being? Think about the power that is generated from nuclear stations, hydroelectric power. Look at the massive cables that take that power from its source right across the nation 
to distribute it to industries and to homes and households. Think about how much power is being transmitted through those cables. And, and if you go close to any of those things, you know how much, how deadly that can be. And yet that came out of the anointing of God. That came out of the power of God. And think about how much caution we have to exercise in dealing with electricity, how we have to handle it according to strict laws of safety for us to be able to gain the benefits of electricity. And that power came out of the anointing of God. So we cannot operate safely with the power of God apart from the wisdom of God. It is the wisdom of God that delivers God's power into our lives where that power can work safely to bless us, to uphold us, and to transform our circumstances. So we have to operate in God's power with the wisdom of God. That's why God calls us to embrace his wisdom and tells us wisdom is the uh, principal thing. Without the wisdom of God, uh, we cannot operate in the power of God. It's too much power for us to be able to operate in without God's wisdom. So God gives us instructions. He gives us guidance in his word how we can operate in that power safely and have that power bless us. Now the Bible says, to him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, according to his power, that works within us. Another translation says, unto him that is for ability beyond all things. There is no situation or circumstance in this world. There is no disease. There is no sickness that is so great that God's power cannot turn it around and destroy it out of the body of a human being. It does not exist. There is no condition that God's power cannot take care of. There is no circumstance that cannot be turned around by the power of God. And now God calls upon us to, to, to operate in his wisdom so that that power can work for us safely and uh, transform our circumstances, change our lives, heal our bodies, and bring victory into, into, our, into our life's circumstances. So we see there that in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 23, it says, I have been established from everlasting. And from the beginning, before the earth was, he says, I was set up. Before ever there was an earth, the Bible says wisdom was poured forth. Wisdom was, was released as the anointing of God. And now I want to have a look. I want us to look briefly at uh, that word everlasting. That's an interesting word. The Hebrew word for everlasting there is olam. And there are two aspects to that word I want to bring to us. The first aspect to that word is the fact that it's, uh, it means that which goes beyond the horizons and ahead of the horizons. In other words, behind time and ahead of time. In other words, it's taking us behind the horizons of time and making us to see what was happening before time as we know it came into operation. It says, behind the horizons of time, the wisdom of God was set up. Now it's taking us into what was happening before time came into being. The wisdom of God was already there. It was already there. It was released and, and it's released, poured forth before creation as we know it and time as we know it began to manifest. So it says, from everlasting or before time came into being, behind the horizons of time, the wisdom of God was poured forth. The light of God was poured forth as if it was liquid light released for creation to come into being. Hallelujah. 
Now, I want us to look at another aspect of that uh, word. Um, that's the aspect of it that has to do with God's dream. It says, behind the horizons of time. Now, that Hebrew word, olam, also means dream, to dream, to dream. And when he says, from everlasting, he's talking about behind the horizons of time, behind creation, with all its grandeur, with all its majesty, with all its, with all its beauty, with all its regularity, with all its all the majesty and the power we see displayed in creation. Behind all that, we see that there was a dream. There was a dream of the Creator. There was a dream of God. God had a dream in bringing creation into being. Now, what was that dream? Essentially, it was a dream for fellowship. God wanted the fellowship of us human beings. He wanted to create people like you and I in His image and likeness to fellowship with. He wanted to share himself. He wanted to share himself with us. And that was God's dream for bringing creation into being. You and I were the, were the epitome of, of creation. That is what God was really after, was people created in his image and likeness with whom he would share his love, share his goodness, share himself in everlasting loving relationship. And so that is the dream behind creation. And that's the word olam. It was it has to do with the, the dream that was behind creation. So the Bible says, from everlasting I was set forth. And uh, I want to I want you to see that uh, that the dream of God was 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 could not come into manifestation without the wisdom of God. God set up his wisdom so that that wisdom will bring his dream into manifestation in the human family. And that's the meaning of that word. Say, from everlasting, I was set up. The, the Hebrew word for from there also means a, as a part of, a portion of. In other words, God's wisdom was set up as a part of his dream to come to pass. His dream could not come to pass apart from his wisdom. That wisdom had to manifest by the wisdom of God. And that's why God calls us to receive his wisdom into our lives. Why? Because it is his wisdom that causes us to begin to live the dream that he has for us. We cannot live God's dream without the wisdom of God. It's not possible. The dream that God had for mankind uh, is not going to manifest apart from the wisdom of God. If you look at the mess and the chaos that we see in the human family today, it's not what God created man for. That's not the plan of God. If you want to see the plan of God, just see what Jesus taught the disciples to pray. He said, pray this after this manner, therefore you pray. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, as in heaven, so on earth. In other words, Jesus taught us to pray, as in heaven, so on earth. So when you go over to heaven and check, is there any sickness in heaven? No. Are there people suffering in heaven? No. Is there any fear in heaven? No. Is anybody uh, going through any form of traumatic experience in heaven? No. Heaven is intact. Heaven is a place of bliss. Heaven is a place of joy. Heaven is a place of fellowship. Heaven is a place where things are running properly. And that's the way God wanted planet Earth to be. And that's the way still he wants planet Earth to be. It was when he turned the planet over to man that man blew the whole deal and brought all these calamities and disasters upon the planet Earth. 
And so if we're going to live the dream that God has for us, we have to tap into the wisdom of God. And that's the meaning of the word olam. It means the dream, the dream behind creation. And the Bible says God's wisdom, God's wisdom was set up as part of that dream. Hallelujah. Amen. So if we're going to live the dream of God, we have to, uh, we have to learn to embrace the wisdom of God. We have to call for the wisdom of God. We have to pray for the wisdom of God. And that's why Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you might know the hope of your calling, the riches of the glory of your inheritance. He's praying for us to receive that wisdom into our lives so that we can begin to live lives that God designed us to live on planet Earth. Not life by default, not life that just happens, but life that God planned, life according to God's will, life, life that is... Uh, Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. When we look at Proverbs chapter 8, verse 24, it says, When there were no depths, I was brought forth. The Hebrew word for brought forth there means to, to wait in anticipation. In other words, before the depths of the, of the earth, the, the rivers, the mountains, and all that we know as creation came forth, the Bible says that the wisdom of God was already there waiting in anticipation, waiting for God to say, go forth, go into operation. The moment God released that word, that wisdom began to operate to bring the universe into being. It was waiting in anticipation. And that wisdom, till this very moment, is waiting for you to call upon it. It's in anticipating your call. It's waiting for your call. And the moment he hears your call, for, you to, for him to come into your life, or what would I say for her, because in the book of Proverbs, Wisdom is described as a, as a lady. Lady wisdom is waiting upon all of us to call for her to come into our lives. And the moment we call for wisdom, wisdom comes springing into our lives and wants to participate in our lives to make us into that which God dreamed for us to be from the foundations of earth. So we look at Romans chapter 8, verse 19. It says, The earnest expectation of creation eagerly awaits the revealing of the sons of God. And then when you go over to verse 21, it says, the same, it seems the same creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. Think about it. It says creation will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. That liberty that comes from living God's plan, living God's design, living God's purpose, walking in the reality of our redemption. When creation begins to uh, see mankind walk in that redemption. The Bible says creation itself will partake of that liberty. Creation itself will partake of that of that deliverance. Creation itself will be delivered from bondage to corruption. You see, many people have the mistaken idea that God is going to come down to earth to solve planet Earth's problem. No, no, that's not the way God set up the system to run. The Bible says in Psalm 115 verse 16, the heaven of the heavens belongs to God, the earth he has given to the sons of man, or according to the literal translations, the heaven of the heavens belong to God, the earth he has turned over to the sons of Adam, the sons of man. We are the sons of man, Adam. We are the sons of man. And God has turned over planet earth to us. Planet earth, he is not the one running things on planet earth. Man is the one running things on planet earth. And if there are problems on earth, it's man that will fix it. That's the reason why 
God did not come down physically by himself to solve any problem. He had to take on the form of a human being, that is Jesus, to be able to enter into the human experience and begin to get bring us answers, bring us redemption. So God is not going to come to planet Earth physically to solve any problem here. No, man is the one that has to solve the problems of planet Earth. And in doing that, we have access to his wisdom. We have access to fellowship with God. We can call upon God in prayer to get involved with us in our daily living in the issues that we face on planet Earth. And he will gladly come. He will gladly come and help us if we call upon him. But to say God himself will just physically get into the system, brush us aside, and take over the problems of planet Earth. No, God is not in that kind of a business. Man, the Bible says, the heaven of the heavens belong to God, but the earth he has given to the sons of, of man. And so as we tap into the wisdom of God, that's when we can take our place in God's plan and begin to act our part to bring about the fulfillment of God's dream for planet Earth. And that's when creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. Now, if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, it says, But we speak wisdom, we speak with the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained for our glory. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. I'll read it again. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained for our glory. In other words, that God set it up for our glory. Remember, we're reading in Proverbs chapter 8, where he says that from everlasting, the wisdom of God was set up, set up to bring forth his dream into manifestation. Now, we have this word ordained here, which is the same thing as to, be, to set up. So we see that God ordained it. God set it up from everlasting before even he began to create the world. That wisdom was set up for us to live to the glory of God in this world. You see, when we live according to God's dream for us, when we live according to God's design, when we live according to God's plan, that brings glory to God. And that wisdom, God set up his wisdom for us to be able to uh, live and bring glory to God in this world. The Bible says he ordained it for our glory, for us to begin to manifest his glory in this world. And so when we call for the wisdom of God, when we pray according to James chapter 1, where it says, if any man lacks wisdom, let me just read that scripture again. In James chapter 1, here in James chapter 1, I believe it's verse 5, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally, and without reproach it shall be given to him. In other words, you are asking according to the will of God. That's what God wants for every human being on earth. Regardless of who they are, God wants them to be able to receive his wisdom. God wants them to be able to function in his wisdom. God wants them to be able to live according to his wisdom. So when we call for his wisdom, the Bible says he will not reproach us. He's not going to scold you. He's not going to put you down. He's not going to remind you of all your faults and how you've blown it. No, God is only too excited, too glad to make his wisdom available to you the moment you call for that wisdom. So call for that wisdom. And you know, when you begin to pray Paul's prayer, I, uh, from the day ahead of it, I do not cease to make mention of you in my prayers, 
that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. When you pray that prayer, what are you doing? You're calling for that wisdom. You're asking for that wisdom. And the Bible says God will give that wisdom to you. And when you receive that wisdom into your life, when it begins to shape the decisions that you make, and it begins to shape the way that you think and the way that you act, what guess what will happen? A transformation will come into your life. And the order will begin to emerge out of the chaos. And you will begin to see yourself living God's dream in this world. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 tells us that the hidden wisdom of God has been ordained for us. It was not hidden from us. It was hidden for us. The Bible says God has hidden godly wisdom for his people. He has hidden godly wisdom for his people. He didn't hide it away from us. Wisdom has not been hidden away from us. It's been hidden for us. It's the devil that God does not want to get access to his wisdom. But for us human beings, particularly children of God, born again children of God, who have Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, God wants us to have access to his wisdom. And so when we begin to call forth the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God will begin to manifest in our lives. And so we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, where he says that we speak wisdom in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom of God, which God ordained before the foundations of the world for our glory. What is glory? Glory is God's character and nature in manifestation. You see, when we walk in God's wisdom, then that wisdom will cause God's character and nature to manifest in our lives. Think about that. God's character and nature will manifest in our lives as we operate in the wisdom of God. I want you to look at 2 Peter. Let's look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. It says, uh, I will read verse 2 and verse 3. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue, by which, now I'm reading verse 4, by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that through this you may be partakers of the divine nature. What is glory? God's character and nature in manifestation. Now God says we are to be partakers of the divine nature. In other words, his nature and character in manifestation in our lives. And without wisdom, that nature and that character, we will not find it in manifestation. So it is of primary importance that we wake up every day and turn to the wisdom of God. Begin your day every day in, with, in God's wisdom. Begin your day every day with scriptures. Learn to meditate on a daily consistent basis on the Bible, on scriptures. And as you do that, pray Paul's prayer for yourself that God will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Pray that prayer as you meditate on scriptures and you find that your understanding of scriptures will begin to grow. When you run into situations and circumstances where you don't know what to do, do not hesitate to ask God for his wisdom. Begin to confess. Christ is made unto me wisdom from God. And I have wisdom. I think wise thoughts. I think wise thoughts and I make wise decisions because Jesus Christ is made unto me wisdom from God. Declare it boldly 
I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of the anointing. I think thoughts of God after him. I think I think God's thoughts after him. I make wise decisions. I think wise thoughts. I have anointed thoughts. My thoughts, life is anointed because the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ is the mind of the anointing. So begin to declare it. My thoughts are anointed thoughts. The anointing of God operates in my thinking, flows in my consciousness, flows in my thought life. That anointing drives darkness out of my very thought life. My thoughts are anointed thoughts. My thoughts are thoughts of wisdom. My decisions are anointed decisions. My decisions are wise decisions because I have the mind of Christ. As you begin to do that, just recognize that the wisdom of God will begin to respond to you and that wisdom will begin to flow in your life just as God released it in the beginning as a liquid light. As the anointing of God, God released it. When God said, light be, that anointing was released. It gushed forth out of him and creation began to come into being. And as you begin to declare it, as you declare it, Christ is my wisdom. I have the mind of Christ. I I, I have anointed thoughts. The anointing of God is part and parcel of my thought life. That anointing flows in my thinking. That anointing flows in my thought life, driving the darkness out of my thought life, driving the darkness out of my emotions, driving the darkness out of the decisions that I make. The decisions I make are anointed decisions. I have God's anointing upon the decisions that I make. I think wise thoughts and I make wise decisions. As you do that, God's wisdom will begin to transform your life and you shall begin to see order emerge out of the beginning, out of the disorder that you found in your life. You begin to see order emerge out of the confusion, out of the chaos. A new sense of order will begin to take over your consciousness and your being, and you begin to see the plan of God unfold in your life, and you see your life begin to turn around and move in the direction that God wants you to go in life. And you begin to see that God's dream for your life is becoming a reality. You begin to see that the life which God planned for you to live from the foundations of the world is beginning to take shape and form in you. And your life will begin to be an excited life to live. And I want you to begin to uh, spend time, get a hold of your concordance, get a hold of your Naves topical Bible, and check up what the Word of God says about what you're going through. If it's sickness, check up on scriptures that have to do with uh, sickness. If it's financial difficulties that you're going through, check up on scriptures that have to do with finances and let the Spirit of God check up on them prayerfully and let the Spirit of God begin to unveil to you the riches of His wisdom, the riches of your inheritance, and your life will never be the same again. Uh, May the Lord keep you. May the Lord uh, uphold you. May the Lord continue to move your life in the direction that He wants your life to go. May Jesus Christ, the head of the church, continue to hold you in his grace, hold you in his grip of grace, and cause your life to abound in his goodness and in his mercies and in his anointing. The Lord bless you and keep you in Jesus' name. Amen. We trust that this message has been a blessing to you. Be sure to join us again for another refreshing episode. For additional information, please visit www.abettercovenant.org or email us at abc.org at a better covenant dot o r g